Hello, everyone. That Williams guy here for another episode. And we are recording this at 945 on a Thursday night. And so maybe we'll both be awake by the end of the episode, uh, but maybe not. Uh, here tonight, uh, joining me is John Johnston, and we'll get into that in just a, a second. But uh, um, I, I want to, before I introduce John, actually, before John introduces himself, just want to thank him publicly again. The first big podcast thing that I did as a guest as I started breaking into the national firearm scene was on Ballistic Radio. So it's kind of fun to me to have John here on this show and kind of repay. Um, repay that kindness and that thing so before i turn it over to john for a second i just wanted to say that john well i, I appreciate that lee um what am i supposed to do who am i and why yeah. should people care yeah you're the professional at this i'm just sitting in my kitchen well i'm uh, uh professional that's scary uh but i i suppose so um so i'm john johnston i host ballistic radio i've worked as a uh consultant inside of the firearms industry and also done training with citizens defense research and uh i'm wearing sweatpants and have a pistol on that's got 18 rounds of gold dot in it and uh an aim point acro p2 on it so i guess i guess i would be considered uh pro um red dot so I, I am not wearing a pistol right at the moment, but there is several 12 gauges sitting right over there that are loaded. So I'm it's okay. probably a little better. I'm so. okay. I'll, I'll be all right. Yeah. And I have a loaded terrier around here somewhere as well. So I got like three cats upstairs and, uh, and a redhead. So. <laughs> so we are going to discuss tonight on this episode, other discussions that are taking place on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, this week, Ken Hackathorn released a video on the Wilson Combat YouTube channel in which he mentioned red dots. And before you're going, okay, to the audience, here goes Lee again on this whole red dot thing. We're not going to concentrate on that so much, at least at first. Uh, we're going to kind of discuss the discussions or the screaming back and forth that is taking place. Uh, so Ken Hackathorn released this video. And he basically said, you don't really need a dot. But he also said, if you're a person that goes out and trains and will maintain it and everything, by all means, go for it. You may see some benefit. Uh, the numbers I'm about to give you come straight from YouTube. It does not take into account uh, Facebook, where it's been shared in discussion forums, et cetera. Uh, as of this afternoon, Hackathon's video had been viewed 126,000 times, and it had a little over 2,000 comments on the YouTube channel. Now, at the same time all this is taking place, Ben Steger uh, has released a video where he says basically the same things Hackathon does, and it's been viewed a little less than 3,000 times and has 50 comments. But he mm-hmm. says pretty much the exact same thing but mr hackathorn is being either praised or vilified with great vehemence on on either side and mr stegers basically just it's not getting noticed um but they're both pretty real prominent guys in the shooting industry now i will say i'm aware of ben steger in the same way that i'm aware of that 
LeBron James plays basketball, but I've never watched a game that he plays in, not in the NBA. So, so now is probably a good time for me to do full disclosure, right? Yeah. So full yeah. disclosure, um, I'm sponsored by Wilson Combat and have been for a long time. Uh, now my deal with them has always been, I say what I say, and if they don't like it, I assume they'll stop paying me money, but you, you know, so just, just, just so no one's like playing gotcha games with you in the comments, yeah. like, wait a second. Yeah. Um, you know, and also full disclosure, I've known Ben for a while and I, I don't, I wouldn't go so far as to say we're friends, but we were certainly acquaintances. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, uh, I know, uh, I know Ken too. I've met him and, you know, regard him pretty highly. So the, the conversations that are taking place and I'll sum it up, um, you know, if you would like me to. Absolutely. Sure. Uh, I'll hit this microphone too. Uh, professional. So um, essentially Ken, what's the, what's the most succinct way to say this? Uh he pointed out some stuff with red dots and, you know, posited that he wasn't sure if they were going to uh, catch, you know, stay uh, relevant or if they were going to be a fad. Um, I watched this whole video and I, I watched this whole video because a bunch of people were like, oh, my God, did you see this? Why? Are, I, I had a I had a couple of my students be like, why is everyone so upset? And that actually made me feel good because it's it's made me think that maybe I've encouraged people to to think critically and like actually listen to what people are saying. Um, At least I'd like to pretend that I had something to do with that. Uh, And then I had some other people that were like, Oh my God, you know, what do you think of what Ken Hagathorn said? And so I'm like, okay, apparently I need to watch this. And I watched it. And, you know, he said one thing that is uh, patently false. Like I don't agree with it. And the, the, the research doesn't support it. And that was essentially, you know, if you've shot 100,000 rounds and you would need 101,000 rounds to overwrite that. And, you know, that's I don't believe that to be true. Um, But aside from that, everything he said, I either agreed with or, you know, depending on the context that he was speaking about. And he wasn't super clear on the context Mm -hmm. in some instances. Like, I'm like, okay, And like, I would have some questions. But, you know, for the most part, his point boiled down to. um if you don't train, they're not going to help you. Uh, I agree with that a hundred percent, like 1 million percent actually. And then the other, the other one was that no one needs a red dot on their pistol. I'm like, yeah, no, no one does. Now, and that's not to say that um, certain people might not see benefit from it, but as far as need, need, like, like level of need that, you know, if you don't do this, you're going to be disintegrated in the thoroughfare. Um, no, no, I don't I don't think anyone needs one. Uh, and I've said something similar in the past about weapon mounted lights and people didn't like it when I said that. So and that's not to say that, you know, I don't use a red dot because I do. Um, and it's not to say that I don't use weapon mounted lights because I do, but. I'm not going to tell anyone they need one. And frankly, if you gave me a handheld and iron sights, I'd bet on me nine times out of 10. Yeah, I share a similar opinion on weapon lights. If I'm out actively hunting bad guys, 
I want a weapon light on my pistol. Uh, if I'm just walking around in the world, I typically don't carry with a weapon light. Well, I've already done that episode with Chuck Haggard, and he's going to yeah. say better stuff than I ever would. Yeah. So I'll plug Ballistic Radio. You can go look yeah. that up. Yeah. But as far as, so that's what Ken said. And then what Steger said was, if you've got a really well-developed index, uh, they're great. But if you don't have a really well-developed index, he thinks it would people would probably be better served with taking the money that they would spend on the red dot, putting that into ammo and, you know, develop that index. Um, so that's. Again, not wrong. No, no. <laughs> and frankly, um, there are very few people that I will just, as far as when it comes to technical shooting, I'm, I'm pretty knowledgeable at that. At this point, I feel feel pretty confident in that um and stegger is one of the people if he says something i'm gonna go like okay and probably not disagree with him on too much you know and 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 the thing is that i guess what struck me interesting about this was the number of people that apparently have based an entire personality around whether or not they have an optic on their pistol. Strange. A mutual friend of ours, and I do not have permission to quote him because what he quotes written was in a private discussion, referred to them as the the uh, RDS online activist complex. <laughs> <laughs> and I just laughed when I read that. And this is a guy who's very pro-red dot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or piss about optics, what we should refer to them as. Yeah, I'm going to. Uh, so what's funny is I've been doing them long enough at this point that when when I started, they were called red dot sites. And yeah, like, OK, pistol man and optics. That's cool. That's not what I'm going to call yeah. them, you know. So, yeah, well, sometimes some people have green. Some mm-hmm. people don't have dots. They have chevrons. So, <laughs> well, yeah. both of them are wrong. Yeah. And I feel but... strongly. about <laughs> Yeah, I, I really like the way you phrase that. As people that have based their entire personality, I I stole that. I I actually stole that from uh, a friend of mine, Paul Fitch. Uh, he's like, you know, uh, it's paraphrasing essentially. You know, an optic on your pistol isn't supposed to be a personality. Yeah, and and like, look, I I just I really really don't understand like how. Well, I do understand because like I've been on the internet, but you know, just the the immediate, like vehement, yeah. like emotional response to that. Um, like even if you don't agree with a single thing he said, and, and let's say, and I'm not saying that that's how I feel, but let's say, right. you know, the hell, let's say that's how someone else feels. Um it's not like Ken like kicked down your front door. Um <laughs> you know and performed unsavory acts on like the family pet uh you know while cajoling you to take the optic off of your pistol that's that's not what happened right yeah it's and it's just like geez Um, oh my gosh he said something that i don't agree with now i must destroy him that's what i don't get well good luck number one um number two 
this this kind of goes to a, a wider point right um the number of people that have a genuine opinion versus can regurgitate a talking point that is someone else's opinion that they look up to yeah. uh those are two very different things mm -hmm. and you know I, and I'm not I'm not judging who is who inside of that, but it's just something I encounter quite a bit. And you know, I'll have people argue with me about products that I worked on, like before they were released to the public, you know. And then someone I had this happen last year. Someone's like telling telling me about literally uh, a, a thing that I was in the room when I like when we decided to do it and then I was involved during its development they're like do you really know about this I'm like I feel like maybe a tiny bit oh welcome to the internet where someone explained to me what happened in a case in which I testified as an expert witness yeah and you know, so what's that about? I, I don't know. But I mean, so if if people just want to stop listening now, I guess what we we could just very simply say, like, well, let's don't do that. We need them to actually listen to the entire show. Well, I don't need them to listen. To the entire show. <laughs> you need them to listen to the entire. No, I'm, I'm well, I mean, that's true, too, though. But no, I it's. Uh, I don't know. Well, you know, here's here's where I got some of my angst from the discussions and one of the groups on Facebook in which it came up, um, there was a guy who was very upset with what Mr. Hackathorn said. Now I have met Ken Hackathorn. I took a class from him in 2014 and I make such an impression on him that he does not remember me from the class. Uh, we have had a phone conversation recently and we swapped a few emails on some topics. Um, but I know his background. And so I know where he forms the basis of his opinion. If one thing, the people that say, oh, he's old and out of touch and all this kind of stuff, well, I can guarantee you, while he may not be out teaching classes anymore, he's still very, very in knowing of what's going on in the industry. He's still in contact with lots of people still. And if you have a conversation with him now, he can tell you what's going on in certain people's classes based on, you know, the chatter. Um, but again, I know his background, so I know where he is basing his opinion from. Yeah. Uh, in this other discussion, individual was very upset with it, and he was basically, you know, vehemently disagreeing with Mr. Hackerthorn, but he wasn't giving the background for the basis of his opinion. And so I kept asking him, please tell me your opinion. I mean, tell me your background. For all I know, you're you're a Navy SEAL that's in 20th group on your weekends. You know, tell me what your background is. Now it turns out the guy's got a background in the optics industry, but there's no application side background and, um, that I'm aware of. Uh, but and he's just one person. Uh, I, I saw that as a common theme. Uh, throughout a lot of the discussions, uh, I will. Say and on the Timmy side, said lovingly, uh, you will hear people having discussions at classes. And you took this two-day class from this tier one operator. You don't, 
you haven't earned that tier one operator's experience and opinion as your own. And you're not on a par with them. Um, but at the same time, I also want to say that you can have all the technical experience in the world. It does not equal any application experience if you've never been on the application side. You can speak from a technical standpoint, but that's where your expertise needs to stay. Yeah, and, you know, for, frankly, for the discussion that was being had, I, I don't, so, and this is an interesting thing, right? Uh, I, too, know who Ken Hackathorn is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I go one step further and say that he, along with some other people, are the reason that we have an industry that we recognize is the industry that we have. Uh-huh. Uh, both on the training side and the the personal protection side. Yeah. Um. I don't. I doubt most people understand like what an influence he has had on things that we are doing today. Now, as far as his operational background, I don't think it matters. Um. In this instance, because he wasn't talking about that. And, you know, so we can keep it purely technical. Uh, well, let's just compare. Well, see, no, well, I, don't, I don't think we can, because I think he's talking because he was referencing, you know, you, you load this gun and you put it in your nightstand and then you have to use it in your, you know, the moment of need. That's to me, that's application. That's, yeah, well, I mean, you don't need any experience to, to make that. A, yeah. So that, that's application that, frankly, anybody with two brain cells to rub together can come up with. Uh, and, and I'm not, that's not a comment on Ken. I'm saying that, you know, as far as the idea that, you know, the point that he made, you don't need experience to make that point. Um, and yes, he's got experience, but like, that's, that's not, that has nothing to do with why that, that point is important. And, and it is an important point. So I'm not disagreeing with right. the point. I'm saying his background doesn't have anything to do with, you know, what, what makes that smart, right? And we can, whenever we get into background or stuff like that, we're getting into an appeal to authority to a certain level. And so like the reason why I respect Ken Hackathorn, um, does that have something to do with his background? Absolutely. But let's pretend that he's nobody and let's just examine what he's saying because then we can remove personalities from it entirely. And if we're examining what he's saying and what he's essentially saying is, if you don't train it's not going to help. Yes, I agree. And if you've spent a lot of time teaching yourself to focus on the front side of the gun, you might have some difficulty teaching yourself to target focus. Agreed. Um, you know, if you don't maintain it and don't practice with it, you could have problems. Agreed. Uh, like every single point that is valid in there is valid because it's valid and it has nothing to do with you know who he is it makes it good stuff to listen to so like his background is in this instance is a red herring and frankly in in some circles his background is is helping his argument and then in other circles you know anybody that's under 30 i guess and doesn't know why ken hackathorn is important and he is important um and just doesn't know is looking at him going that's an old guy and we don't trust those and we shouldn't listen to them because they can't know anything, which is like a common thing that young people, I guess, do 
I, I certainly used to do it. Um, and I look back at that and I'm like, well, that was dumb. Um, but like, I mean, if you just, if you remove Ken Hackathorn from this equation and just take what he said, right. Most of what he said, I agree with a hundred percent, or I'd want to ask some clarifying questions. Like I said, the one point I disagree with is, is the thing he said about the hundred thousand rounds. Like, I agree with you to a certain extent, but if it wasn't someone of the Ken stature, Ken Hackathorn saying that 126,000 people wouldn't have watched this video. Well, yeah, but that's, that's a red herring too. Right. Yeah. So, and we're talking about it because a bunch of people right. got mad. So right. it's interesting. It's interesting and relevant to people. Right. Yeah. But if we're looking at just like, you know, and this, and this is the thing, and this yeah. is what I try and tell people, you know, like information is information and you can examine it. And it'll either hold up or it won't. And pretty much everything he said matches my experience uh, based off of the shooters I've seen. And then when you go and look at Steger, right? Who's, you know, so we've got three different people from three different backgrounds, three different, you know, levels, experience, age groups, whatever. Um, and, you know, I, I guess I'm proed out at this point because I put one on all my guns, but I don't feel like I don't feel emotionally attached to them for whatever else anybody else does. But, you know, when you've got three different people all saying the same thing, then it's not a matter of, you know, the background. It's not my background. It's not Ken's background. It's not Steger's background, or at least it shouldn't be. Um, you know, you and I have had this discussion offline, and I guess that's one of the things where our different backgrounds come into play and to how much credibility we're willing to give to elders and the like um to me i look at someone in the stature of ken hackathorn expressing an opinion okay what he says has merit because who he is and i don't see that as a appeal to authority an appeal to authority would be be saying listen to me because i have an instructor certification in this and I'm not talking about actual experience. Uh, you know, I, I have an instructor certification in uh, weapon retention, but I don't teach it because I don't think it would be credible for me to teach it. Um, ben Steger, I think there's credibility to what he's saying because he can back it up on the range. And all of his accolades that he has achieved, I think, earns him the credibility to express an opinion. Whereas if that was a D-class shooter that nobody's ever heard of putting out that same information, who's even going to pay attention to it? Well, and and that's an interesting thing, though. And this is sort of speaking to my point, right? Mm -hmm. So I respect Ken Hackathorn because Ken Hackathorn is worth respecting. Not not because Ken Hackathorn is older than me and has been doing this longer than me, because I know other people that are older than me and have been doing it longer than me that, you know, I don't hold them any ill will, but, you know. Um, well, well, I'm not saying you have to agree with and accept it just because. No, but no, no, no. And, what and, I'm and, saying is, you, know, you know, my personal relationship with Tom Givens. I sure. don't agree. I don't agree with everything Tom says. But I listen and give credibility to everything he says. Well, well, you shouldn't. I really think that everyone should be listening to whatever anybody says and at least approach it 
um, from, you know, I'd like to examine the statement and, you know, see if there's merit to it. I think that that is maybe why I'm being a little resistant here. So I'll give you an example. Um, so Claude Werner is one of my mentors. And um, there was uh, somebody that I had. I want to be very careful here. Um, another person in the industry that I have personal issues with. And, you know, they they put out some information and I, I made the mistake. Well, I, I didn't make the mistake because it ended up helping me out. But I, I said something to Claude. And he's like, well, you know, I actually think the thing they said is a really good point, And it's really immature of you to let, you know, how you feel about this individual uh, cloud your ability to examine the information that they're giving. Right. Yeah. And so I kind of bristle a little bit whenever. So I, I like knowing someone's background so I can understand their context, right? Um, but, you know, and I actually saw this inside of a discussion that, um, you know, was was being held uh, in regards to, to Ken's video. And I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but paraphrasing um you know it was along the lines of i'd be more inclined to listen to the opinion if they shot better something like that and i don't think they were speaking directly about ken uh but it was just inside of like this sphere right um and you know i used to think the same way and that happened to be a time period where i was really really dumb and it would have behooved me to listen to whatever anybody said and then think critically about it as, as opposed to immediately discounting um, stuff because one person said it or immediately, you know, giving extra weight or credence because someone else said it. And, and where I'm, where I'm trying to, and I guess where I'm trying to get people to that might be listening to this is, you know, the disrespect that was shown to Ken inside of the comment sections from people that frankly i expect better from is completely separate from you know the information that he gave and frankly what i think happened is a lot of people uh you know went into what he was going to say just based off of the title and it was a very well done title to get people to uh -huh. you know hate click on it um, so kudos, uh, but, you know, so people went into it already sort of with an idea in mind how they were going to feel about it. And then as soon as they felt something about it, they weren't actually listening to what was being said or, you know, they they purposely misconstrued, um, you know, some sloppy language. And, and And again, that's not a dig at Ken. Like I've presented all sorts of things on video and my language is sloppy all the time and i'm like Ugh. you know so but at the end of the day like um i i think we're talking about two separate things right. so like issue number one is why are people willing to trash talk um someone that frankly they wouldn't even be commenting on the internet about this stuff if it wasn't for this dude you know, like if, if a butterfly flaps its wings and Ken Hackathorn doesn't, 
be Ken Hackathorn. I don't know how much of this is here anymore. Um, so like that's issue number one. And then issue number two, a completely separate issue is, you know, what, what was the validity of the information that he gave in the video? Now, as far as the validity of the information he gave in the video, I've already shared my opinion on that. There was one thing that the research doesn't support that everything else I pretty much agree with, or I would want to ask clarifying questions about. And, you know, so if if we want to have a conversation about why are willing, why are people who, as Craig Douglas once said it to me, are barely qualified to listen to the conversation. (laughs) Uh, And I'm not speaking of anyone that we've mentioned previously. I'm just saying like, um, you know, open commenters on like the YouTube video or, or wherever, um, you know, why are they willing to, um, you know, denigrate someone that (laughs) they shouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't um you know that that's a that's a separate conversation in general which could probably the answer would be summed up as you know it's the internet or it's 2022 or you know whatever other way you want to say that uh we have we are at the we are at the very predictable outcome of what happens when uh you know discourse is no longer encouraged in our society so yeah if you know the reason i one of the reasons i brought up this tagger video at the same time is because of one of the the comments she raised is well if he shot better well who shoots better than ben stagger not many people (laughs) yeah and he's saying the same thing yeah um well, and again, yeah, and that that yeah. that frankly reinforces the point that I'm trying to make. Yeah. Well, um, uh, it, it, the point I'm making, and, and probably I must be making it poorly. Um, no, you're not making yeah, it poorly, right. Lee. I'm just, I'm just, right, I'm no, running yeah. away with your show. I apologize. <laughs> so I, um, I'm not qualified to offer opinions on the internal combustion engine engine to tell. Uh, ASC certified mechanic that is wrong. Well, I mean, and that's an interesting thing too, and yeah. so much that. Well, another example: I was having my air conditioner worked on, and I uh, get, come home, and the guy's there; he's got it torn apart, and he says something about the air conditioner the way it operates, and he asks my opinion on it. And I said, "Sir, the reason you're here doing this is because I don't know how to." tell me what needs to be done to fix this and how much is it going to co- well don't even tell me that tell me how much is it going to cost me to fix this well well and here's a question yeah. um what qualifies me to have an opinion about red dots is it the couple hundred thousand rounds i've fired you know is it what what is it why why am i allowed to have an opinion about red dots why is ken allowed to have an opinion about red dots why is ben why are other people not you know, is Ken yeah. qualified to, because he never, he never taught red dots as far as I know, not on pistols. Um, um, well, see, and that's what one of the things I'm saying is I want to know what the basis of your opinion is when you give it. To me, that's part of evaluating the opinion. Yeah. Well, um, and so. I, and like you personally, what gives you, 
you were one of the first people in my circle of people that I know and being first doesn't look mean a lot in the grand scheme of things but you were one of the early people in this whole modern pistol mounted optic thing that has come along to go down that road and you and I were having discussions about dots four years ago five years ago well funny enough I had the uh and I don't think anybody knows this because I was not working professionally in the, in the industry. But as far as I know, I had the very first HKP 30 that had a, an optic mounted to it. Um, uh, Mark Housel at L and M precision did it for me in 2010, 2011, somewhere around there after, you know, David Bowie told me it wasn't possible to do it. Right. Like, and I, so, I, re, I remember us having pistol mounted optic discussions before it was even a thing yeah. in the in the training world. Um, and we've had numerous discussions throughout the years on that. Um, you know, I want to go to knowing people who have actually done work with the stuff. And I, I just all I'm asking is that when people are going to give their opinion or when they're going to argue with an opinion that they state their background and the basis for which their opinion came from. Yeah. Well, and I think the, I think part of the issue there is that when you, when you ask a question like that, you are very much and genuinely approaching it from a place of, I would like to understand where this is opinion is coming from. Now, a lot of people, when they do stuff like that, what they're really looking for is a way to, you know, uh, find something to disagree with, like in the background that will immediately invalidate the opinion. And in either way, you know, so for me at this point, and, you know, as, and we have had conversations about, I'm not as impressed by some things as I maybe should be. And I know why, um, you know, and it was, it's been, reinforced from me from a very early age that sometimes backgrounds don't mean much um so and, and that's that's one of my hang-ups right um and it's caused me problems and it's it's done good things for me in equal measure um so again like you know if someone is trying to make sense of all this and they're like all right here's one person saying this stuff and i should care what they say because here's who they are and then here's this other person saying this other stuff and you know they're saying the direct opposite of what this other person is saying and i should care what they say because of who they are no just okay we we can make this real easy let's just take the thing that they're saying and you know if we have the frame of reference to where we can examine it and have an informed opinion about the statement, cool. And if not, and most people fall into this category, you should view it for what it is, which is entertainment. Um, you know, and, and possibly, you know, food for thought if you are going to pursue a higher education in this, but most people don't want to. You know, one day I walked out of the sheriff's office and was was going to one of the other buildings on our, our complex, and a gentleman approached me on the sidewalk. 
and he's immediately expressing his concern over an issue that yeah that he he had imagined was going to take place and he finally stopped and he asked me what my position on it is and i explained the legalities of the issue and why i don't think what he was concerned about was really an issue and um at the time i was not quite 40 and this was an older gentleman and you know, he asked, young man, how old are you? And I told him, I'm oh, many years your senior, and I believe you're wrong, and all this kind of stuff. I said, yes, sir. And I said, sir, what do you do for a living? And he told me. And I said, sir, do you have lots of education and training in that area? Oh, yes, I have a degree in this, and I have so many years of experience having, having done it and everything. I said, well, sir, I have no education and no experience in your, your field of work. Uh, what would you think if, what would you say if I started trying to give you advice on how to do your job? And he said, well, I would think you're a fool. I said, yes, sir. How many years of experience do you have as a law enforcement officer? And he raised his head basis. Are you calling me a fool? I said, no, sir, but I believe you just did. You know, and that's part of my commitment is I want to know the basis of where you form your opinion rather than you're just saying, I don't believe, I don't believe just the fact that you make the statement that the statement is worthy of being examined just to examine it in and of itself. And I could be wrong on that. That could be a personal hang up for me. And I just, I'm just, but I am going to disclose that's my point of view. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, to be clear, so, and, you're you're being very kind because if you really wanted to you've known me long enough that you could point out several instances many years ago where i'm the stupid dude in the comment section talking about stuff that i really shouldn't be talking about and i appreciate that you're not but i'll bring it up you know and so <clears throat> i've been on either side of this coin right and we all have uh i think that's part of the human experience and hopefully if you mature you can look back on your younger years uh and and slight embarrassment with chagrin and go well that was dumb and all i'm saying and and when i when i say hey look i don't need to know ken's background Mm -hmm. let's just look at what he's saying i'm not saying that for you right I'm not saying that for anybody other than, you know, the the people that might be where I was 10 years ago that should be embarrassed but don't know that they should be. And like, hey, let's not make it about who this person is and why you are uh, inclined to not agree with them. And let's just look at what's being said and what was being said is if you don't train it won't help you which is what every other person that knows anything would say about anything else so it's not an older guy with 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 you know gray hair and a mustache saying it it's just information and when we remove that you know it's not a boomer. It's not a FUD. It's not whatever perjurative that I cannot imagine describing to Mr. Ken Hackathorn. 
it's just information that no one would disagree with. And actually a lot of people disagree with the information, even if you take him out of it, because it, but yeah, but it, because it goes against their own emotional choice. Well, and so if, you know, and again, this is where context comes into uh, play. If the argument is it's easier to take an untrained person and train them with a red dot than it is to train them with iron sight. Yes, I agree completely. But that's a separate thing. So, and and this is something I am guilty of in my personal life. When I get emotional about something, instead of solving the issue, I'm going to bring up all of these other unrelated things. I have an amazingly difficult time actually talking about the thing that is 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 being discussed. So I get it. I'm not throwing any stones there. That's a real big glass house. So, you know, rocks inside of that is probably something I should be concerned about. And, and, you know, if we, if we break this down point by point and, you know, and frankly, I kind of regret not making a bullet point list of like actually every single thing and talking about it. There was really only one thing in there that, like I said, I'm like, yeah, nah. And then everything else is you know either yes or maybe yeah and of course, and of course i'm going to admit too that i'm kind of amused by the whole thing because i've said the same stuff mr ackerthorne said and i get lambasted for it but i don't get viewed i don't have the same audience and reach that he's got nor the credibility that he has uh, because of his years of experience um, but i have been on the receiving end of much of the same although not the same quantity but the same angst of i talk about things that i have gone out and tested with the pistol mounted optic as part of my evaluation and i get told well you just need to do more work with the dot well i was doing the work with the dot and that's where this question came from yeah well and so like and we've talked about we had a personal conversation because you know in one of the groups that we're in you're like uh every time i try and talk about this with proponents um you know they sort of hand wave and i'm like i want to have that conversation and then you yeah. know you brought some yeah. stuff up and yeah. i'm like yeah no that's a thing and and there are yeah. workarounds to it right yeah. yeah um but you know this is to it and this is something that we all know as well unless you acknowledge that a problem is there you can't do anything to mitigate the problem and you know there are issues with red dots mm-hmm. they cost more than an iron-sided pistol period yep um depending on how they're mounted uh i know that you are of the opinion that unless it's direct milled you don't want to i've not as i'm carrying it in the gun in the field to use it as a protective tool on the range i've I've got yeah well and and i don't share that experience because like i've put enough rounds and beat the crap out of enough um different optics plates like i have opinions about certain ones and yeah there are absolutely certain ones that I want nothing to do with, Um, but you know, there are ones that are fine in my experience and my experience is based off of more than most people are going to do to a gun. Right. So I feel pretty comfortable with that. Um, You know, there are certain things that uh, it's funny. A lot of the people are really good with red dots when they're standing still aren't so good with them when they're not standing still if that's a problem they haven't worked before right uh i've seen that a lot and 
you know, so, and, and all of this stuff, and this is like everything else, like everything else we do, every single other thing that we do, there are, there are pros and cons to what we're doing. And if there's a con, there's usually a way to mitigate that. But unless you admit that, or can recognize like, all right, here are some positives. Here are some negatives. I'm going to try and address the negatives without losing any of the positives um you can't do that if you're just like no these are awesome mm-hmm. like no they're they're just a thing and you know they offer some advantages yep uh the the one thing that i was kind of iffy on and i you know so one of the things that ken said was they don't offer any advantages inside of 10 yards I need to think about that a little bit more, but I don't think just like knee jerk. I don't think I agree with that. Um, But I would also put a big old, it depends following that. I can argue both sides of that one. No, I could too. Um, Which is why I would just say it depends. Yeah. I I can argue both sides of that one. Um, Yeah. I took the step of doing some low light testing with the pistol mounted optic and I discovered a flaw in my personal technique that when I came back and reported that to some annoying people, oh yeah, you've got to do whatever. Well, they knew the answer because they had also done the testing. Yeah. Well, if you hadn't done that low light work, you wouldn't even know to ask the question. Right. Um, and so that's where, you know, I go back to you. I need, I want to know what your background is as far as what all you've done with it. Um, well, and it was funny because you brought it up to me and I'm like, well, here's the way I solve that, but here's some, here are three other ways that you can solve it too. It's like, you know, so. And if all you've done is stand on a flat range shooting B8s at 25 and go, oh yeah, these are the thing. You don't even know there's a problem in these other areas. Well, and that was an interesting thing too. And I saw, um, I want to be careful here. Um, Recently, I saw another pretty well-known trainer Mm -hmm. uh, is using a piece of equipment on one of their guns that is not in keeping with what uh, the current meta of that piece of equipment is as far as capability, output, whatever you want to say. And someone else was like, why are they, what, you know, and I know the background of this specific person, the trainer, and I know ish, the background of the person that was asking the question. And then another very, uh, several very well-known people that also have very impressive backgrounds are like, well, you need to understand where this person's coming from. So like background matters to understand, like, Here's why background is important, in my opinion. Not necessarily to give weight to what the person is saying or not saying, because frankly, you know, someone should be able to explain um, their position without falling back on any sort of background at all. It it doesn't matter. Um, But it's important to understand context. Because if one person, you know, for instance... Uh, is talking about low light and most of the experience they have with low light is under night vision versus your experience with low light which is um you know hunting for bad guys 
versus my experience with low light, uh, which is mainly using it as a, a control implement, um, you know, or managing unknown contacts uh, sort of thing, or frankly, as a low level use of force. Like those are all very different contexts where we all want very different things. Um, you know, and I've used the light as pepper spray more than I've ever used pepper spray, um, which is not the same as, you know, using white light to hunt bad guys and on an alarm call, which is not the same thing as, you know, using uh, a white light, to, you know, idea, dude, I just shot under night vision and I got to confirm that this is actually who I thought. And I can't quite tell when it's, you know, green and black, you know, so that background matters there. Um, I don't know, but information's information. You know, another thing that Mr. Hackathorn touched on is, you know, the, or alluded to is the guy that puts this dot on their gun and then goes and puts it in the drawer and doesn't touch it. Um, John Herm was involved in the, in the conversation at this point that you, you and I were also in. And we got into the discussion of the additional maintenance that's required. And just what we see from the law enforcement side is keeping the aim point pro tight on some on your rifle and the battery changed in that, which is so much easier than say changing the battery in an RMR. Um, it creates much more of a maintenance issue, not necessarily a problem, but maintenance requirement, I guess would be the better term to use. And that goes to where Mr. Hacklin was talking about the 1% of the people. Okay, the people that are listening to this show are probably in that 1% that are going to be fine and would maintain their, their equipment. What Mr. Hacklin was, I think, addressing too was to the low-level user that's not in that, they might be biting off more trouble by putting this dot on their gun. Maybe. Um, it's hard to say. And, you know, so... Again, it depends, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and we're making a lot of assumptions here. And and this is kind of where, um, you know, so the, the person you were talking about where you were asking their background, I know their background. And, you know, because I, I benefit from knowing that, like I value their opinion as far as there are, there are certain optics that if you stick it in a drawer, um, you know, the technology exists that that optics probably, I mean, it might have dust bunnies, yeah. but otherwise, depending on what optic optic they get, and even some, some of what people would consider the cheaper ones, um, are going to be fine. And like, well, and I know that too, because I've, I've left optics sitting for a couple of years. I've actually been using them long enough to have an opinion yeah. on this too. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, so like, now, and, and this is one of those things where all of us are real good at making assumptions that support the position that we've already decided we want to take on whatever the issue is. And depending on how I felt about it, I could look at the thing that Ken said and either agree with it or vehemently disagree with it. And I could argue either way on it. And you know, so 
had I been there with Ken when that was going on and it was, you know, me asking him questions, I'm not going to make statements to Ken Ackerthorn. I'm just going to ask questions. Right. Cause I, I feel like that's about the only level that I am at in comparison, but you know, the, the question I would have in that instance is, are we assuming that low information people have low information gear? And I think that's a safe assumption nine times out of 10, but not always. Uh, maybe they have someone in their lives that does know what they're doing. I can and- point to exactly such a circumstance that goes right to this issue. Okay. An individual that I bought his rifle and I bought his optic. And I issued it to him. And then I have him in a class down the road. And he complains that the reticle or the dot in his in his optic is not bright. And I look at it, take his rifle, and I look, and sure enough, it's extremely dim. I said, when is the last time you changed the battery in this optic? And his response to me was, they said these batteries would last five years. Okay, so you're telling me you've never changed the battery in your optic. Yeah, because they said these batteries would last five years. And I looked at him and said, did you account that that five years may have been part of the time it was in the shelf? You know, the packaging on the shelf and everything. So And what I would say, uh, Lee, as someone uh, really familiar with optics, I'd uh, go, I'm never going to trust a battery that comes with the optic, period. So, right. like, that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the mistake you made. Um, you well, set them up for failure, Lee. No, uh, because he should have changed his battery. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, you should have changed his battery. He was trusting you. Uh, I'm kidding for anyone uh, that's not watching the video. Yeah. This is very tongue-in-cheek. But here's the thing, man. Like, look. <sighs> Honestly, you know what? So let's say somebody puts a gun in their drawer and they put an optic on it and it's in that drawer and they pull it out and the optic is deader than fried chicken all right battery toast it's got like the the little oxidization coming out of the bottom of the optic it's probably not going to matter they're probably going to stick that gun up in front of their face inside of their house and get pretty good hits Either way. And, you know, even if they don't, like typical, right? And to be clear, and I know a bunch of people are going to be like, no, no, that's the reality. Like we've got video after video after video after video after video of people with zero training using suboptimal gear, uh, utilizing violence of action and will to survive to overcome all sorts of stuff. And, you know, again, I don't think sucking less than uh, the other guy is a good plan for success, but that is the reality. And to be very clear here, you know, I, the, the class I teach the most of is very high level technical shooting with a pistol, many of them with slide mounted optics. So I'm not sitting here going good enough. Um, you know, I've worked pretty hard to, to be pretty good. Um, and I'd like to be better. So I'm not saying that you just settle for that, but again, like there are so many variables here. 
than making any sort of absolute statement about if someone does this. And look, man, I so many different things could happen and go wrong or not go wrong or go well or not go well. Um, you know, it was an opinion and it was a pretty informed opinion. And I agreed with most of it. And the parts I didn't agree with, I would want to ask clarifying questions about. And the one thing that I really, really didn't agree with, I would like to send some, you know, reference material to because I don't think that that says anything about him other than when he formed that opinion, that data didn't exist. Yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's it. Who cares? Like, and, and frankly, this, this is the part that, that makes me a little angry. There are so many people that we don't have the opportunity to hear what they think anymore. That were massively influential to what we do. Like that are just like, um, are lost like tears and rain, you know, all those moments. Um, and, and the fact that we have somebody that is putting content out, you know, that we can, we can hear the thought process. Um, people don't understand how, Oh, I wanted to curse real badly. (laughs) Um, people don't understand how lucky we are because there are, there are plenty of people that, you know, so Todd Green, Todd Green was someone that I I respected and admired quite a bit, um, was very influential to me, that made a lot of statements about Red Dots before he passed, that today, now, in this moment, I would say, hey, Todd, you were wrong. But you know what? I think he would have gotten there. I think he would have explored and gotten there. And so... You know, and I and I would, oh God, I would give anything to be able to hear what he thought about that. And, you know, Ken's not going to be here one day, and we're not going to be able to hear what he thinks. And that's going to be a tragedy. Yeah. You know, the same way it's a tragedy that William Maple's not around anymore. The same way it's a tragedy that, that, that Pat's gone, or, or Louis Arbuck, or any, you know, Paul Gomez. Any number of people since I've started doing this. That and some of whom were f- friends of mine that just aren't here anymore, you know. And, and people are like looking at this, like it doesn't matter if you agree with it or not. You should be thankful that it's there to begin with. Period. Full stop. Yeah. Yep. And you know, so so that's the part that the kind of <clears throat> speaking of the one thing that I was saying, like man i'm trying to imagine knowing who ken hackathorn is uh calling him a fud or a boomer yeah. no and and like so i i'll give you a pass if you don't know i guess but it's still i don't think that's that's not how i want to be that's not how i want to behave but like if you know who ken hackathorn is and you say that Say it to his face and see what you think afterwards. <laughs> like, because he's he's not somebody I would say that to if I thought it, and I don't think it. Right. You know, I'm, I'm thinking it. I'm thinking of it, and I don't drink, but there's a Guinness commercial at a show Montana sitting at a bar drinking a Guinness. 
and so I can't comment on the quality of, of, of Guinness, but there's a young guy sitting there at the bar. Guinness and, is like one of my favorite beers. So I, I can, I got experience here too. Right, so, so there's a, there's a young guy sitting there at the bar having one and another guy sitting there and, and says something to Joe Montana. It's, it's light and smooth, kind of like you were when you played Joe. And the guy looks over, <laughs> the young guy looks and says, oh, you were a tennis player or something. And Montana just goes, sure, kid, you know, and takes another drink. And it's kind of like some of the people are that young guy at the bar. They just don't know who the guy is that they're calling, saying these things about. Okay, if you shoot USPSA, he was part of who set that up. If you shoot IDPA, he's part of who set that up. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, So what's funny to me is the people that are real pro optic right now, Mm -hmm. you know, so competition is always driven the tactical mm-hmm. always um and so the prevalence of pistol mounted optics currently a lot of that's coming from the benefits that were seen in the competition world a long time ago all of which wouldn't exist if it weren't for people like ken hackathorn yeah. and some others so like the thing that you feel real strongly about, you know, again, like I said, butterfly flaps its wings in South America yeah. somewhere at some point, Ken Hackathorn doesn't do what he does. There might not be slide mounted optics. And I, I don't, I don't, I'm not, you know, I'm being a little hyperbolic there, but yeah. like, I genuinely don't know because, you know, there are any number of, you know, I'm a, I'm a relative nobody. And the number of people that have come up to me and said, um, you know, hey, five, six, seven years ago, you said or did this thing. And that really resonated with me. So I did this thing. And I'm like, well, that's cool. I don't remember doing that, but I'm glad. You know, and and like, uh, you know, somebody recently the the last person that got a turbo pin from Gabe White recently shared an article um that one of my um one of my coworkers Melody Lauer wrote a number of years ago and said this was the article that made me get serious about this you know so if if Melody Lauer doesn't write that article does he have a turbo pin i don't know and he's the one that did the work so i'm not trying yeah. to give credit to melody what I'm saying is all of these things are so interconnected that, you know, when we're looking at stuff like this and you see somebody that's saying something that maybe you don't agree with. And, you know, and I, I understand that I'm arguing two sides here because I just got done saying his background doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and his background doesn't matter for the technical things that he was saying. Because they are, they are, they stand on their own merit as statements. They don't have anything to do with his background, you know. So now we're now we're talking about um, essentially the people that are willing to, um, you know, call him names. I don't think you'd be doing that if you understood what he's done for us. And I'm sure that, you know, if he heard this, he'd be like, well, I don't know about that. Like, I do. He does listen to the, or he watches the YouTube version of the show. Well. Some of them, anyway. 
Yeah. Well, gee, I think he might watch this one. <laughs> I, I have a feeling. Hell, you'll probably email him the link if I had to guess. Uh, nah, I don't go that far. All right. Well, either way, like this yeah. is all stuff that I I don't care if he hears this or not. I would yeah. say this to anybody, right? Um, you know, and I don't know. Um, I don't know. I I mean, I kind of get it. I kind of get it because you know I was dumb too, uh, and I had an inflated sense of self importance a number of years ago, um, and. I I don't now, so which is good, yeah. right? But I get it. I I guess I get where it's mm-hmm. I get where it's coming from. Um, I would just well, I think our current age of technology allows people to develop a sense of self importance to a level that was not available back when you know, Mr. Hackathon was earning his chops when Tom, when Dave Spalding, all those guys, they had to get through an editorial filter and we can just flip a switch or hit upload and get out to the world. Whereas, you know, they actually had to have writing skill and get through an editor and et cetera. Well, I mean, uh, so I'm a gun writer, right? Yeah. So I've, I, and I've, I don't, I don't know that well, here's the thing, though, John. Are you a gun writer because people pay you to write content for them, or are you a gun writer because you put stuff up on your own web page and say you're a gun writer? Uh, people pay me to write content for them. All right. There's a difference, but there are people out there that say, I have a blog. You have a blog because you went to WordPress and created it yourself and started putting stuff on the Internet. I have a podcast. Yeah, I record it in my kitchen. And I started it. The internet did not come to me and beg me to start doing a podcast. Well, I mean, so I'm kind of, you know, so theoretically you're a competitor, which I don't think of, but, um, you know, it's like, I, I think it's kind of cool, right? Because, you know, if I wanted to, you know, depending on how you wanted to look at it, I've been doing ballistic radio for 10 years now. Um, and before what I did, um, really the closest thing was Mass Ayub uh, had a, you know, the pol- the Polite Society podcast. He kind of did that. Um, the format was a little bit different, but like there are a lot of podcasts now that weren't there before I was doing what I was doing, uh, which is weird, you know, and I, I think about that every once in a while, right? But, you know, did I have anything to do with that? No, no, I don't think so. Um, um, you know, but, and ADHD and my meds have worn off at this point, but I, I say that to say, you know, as far as I've met people that are paid to do that job and I'm paid to do that job and you know me personally, so you can form whatever opinion you want to form about people that are paid to do a job and the value of their opinion. Right. Um, you know, again, I'm trying very hard just in like stuff I'm trying to do personally, right? I'm trying to examine thoughts and ideas independent of who is expressing the thought or the idea. And, you know, so I can't, I cannot remove 
the biases I have. There are certain people that I am favorably disposed towards. And there are certain people that I am the opposite towards. Um, But who I am trying to be is the sort of person that will look at information. And if I don't have, you know, a lot of time with the subject that's being discussed, because certain stuff I can discount immediately because the position that is being espoused is a position that I've already examined and, and, you know, pulled apart and, and understand the argument. Right. But like, if it's something I haven't considered before, I might want to know who's saying it just so I understand where they're saying it from. Like, you know, if we're discussing ready positions, Hey, did you spend more time on helicopters or rubber boats? Like, you know, okay, that's, that's something I want to know. But, but for the most part, like the, honestly, look, the number of people that have a negative reaction to what Ken said, because Ken is an older guy that said it versus the number of people that if the same people watch Steger say what he said, all right. And didn't even know who he was. And that and that's the thing. So like, yeah, okay. One of the best shooters in the world. So that's that's why people nah, that's not what it is. If if you if you put Steger on Wilson Combat's video, no one knows who Steger is, but he's a guy in his late 30s saying what he says. More people are gonna react favorably to it than the the people that reacted to Ken. But flat out. Like, didn't have anything to do with his background, didn't have anything to do with what he was saying. It was an old white guy saying something, and, you know, what What the hell do they know? And, and, and you know, because, again, the internet culture right now, like societal culture, you know, that's, we, we, all of us are so damn divisive over everything. And... No one wants to listen. No one wants to, you know, just look at what's being said and examine it, you know, from a place of good faith. Um, and, and be like, all right, is there value in this? Is there not? Okay, I don't agree. You know, and if you don't agree, cool. You don't agree. So what? Right, but well, why? Why? Here's here's a really good question. I would like for everyone listening to to ask themselves this. Why does your opinion matter? Why does mine matter? Why does yours matter, Lee? Like, who are we? Like, my opinion only matters if you think it matters. And if you don't think it matters, it doesn't matter. Like, the only value my opinion has is the value that people find in it. And I'm certainly not, like, offering my opinion on something thinking it's valuable just because I said it. It's it's only as valuable as you find it, and it's worth exactly what you paid for it. Well, if I may quote myself, the only opinions that matter are the ones that you seek. And um, yeah, I'm only going to seek the opinions of people I respect, or that I think have knowledge in the area that I'm seeking an opinion from. But before we go spinning back down that road or to avoid spinning back down that road, anything you would like to address um, 
as an end user training uh, issue to address some of the issues with using an optic? Yeah. Um, look, so there's, okay, let's just, let's just talk dot stuff for a couple seconds, uh, minutes, whatever. If you can't find the dot, it's your grip. Probably like nine times out of 10. Like if I'm troubleshooting, like, you know, if I have a student in class that can't find their dot, it's inconsistent grip and consistent presentation, probably. Right. Um, you know, and you're doing the same thing with your irons, except it's really obvious with the dot. Um, what else? If the dot's not there, just shoot your irons. And if the dot comes back, shoot that. And if it doesn't, just shoot your irons. Uh, it's it's the same as the, and, and here's what's funny, because Ken mentioned lasers on guns in, uh, in the video. And, you know, and what he doesn't say is he used to work with Crimson Trace a lot and developed a bunch of uh, training. I re Pepperidge Farm remembers. Um, I remember Ken. So, and, um, you know, it's it's the same way with lasers, right? So people don't like laser on handguns right now because they don't know how to train them and the technology hasn't continued to develop because other stuff came along. But if you were if if you were going to use a laser and irons in conjunction with each other, if you you know it's whatever sighting system you pick up first is the one that you use, and if a better sighting system comes along, that's the one that you use. the The optic is the primary sighting system for me. Period. Mm -hmm. um, I set my irons up to support the use of the optic. I know some people are like, I'm going to zero my optic, then I'm going to zero my irons. No, that's not what I do. I zero the optic, then I make sure that the irons are pretty much slave to the optic. Because um, one, I've not met, you know, I know some people are like, well, they could be different. N no. Um, explain that to me. Like, you know, the if if your optic's zeroed and you you line your irons up on that, yeah, okay, elevation might be a little different depending on your front, but like your windage is going to be your windage. Um, and misses along a vertical axis are pretty okay most of the time, right? So I set my irons up to support my optic. My optic's not there, I shoot my irons. If the dot comes back, that's what I want to be using. I just transition back to it. If it doesn't, then I just shoot the irons. I don't ever look for the optic. Um, and that's the mistake that most people make because what everyone, you know, mm -hmm. everyone's got like this, um, they've been to a range and they've seen this where it's like, For like, those no, of you don't... listening, he's he's mimicking the whole looking for the dot, moving the hands. Yeah, up. well, I mean, some people are watching on YouTube, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so like, don't do that. And and I know some people are like, well, you don't need backup iron sights. Well, yeah, if everything goes well, you don't need seatbelts or an airbag either. But sometimes you really, really want to have it. And it's not about the optic failing. It's about we're humans and none of us are perfect. And no matter how much you want to pretend that you are on Instagram, that's not the case. You know, and as soon as you start doing off angle presentations or you slip, trip or fall and end up on your back or you're urban prone or any number of other instances I can think of where maybe having backup irons is a good idea. You know, I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe you want to do that. But I don't ever go hunting for the dot. 
And that's the easiest way to not do it, right? It's just set your irons up to support your dot. Um, you know, one of the big things that that people um, <clears throat> have, a, have a hard time with as far as like uh, focal plane, like they're going to look at the dot versus look at the target. There are ways to mitigate that. Um, one of the easier ones is to occlude the optic. Um, or at least that's one of the ones that is used as is one of the easier ones. Funny enough, I've never done that. I've never once actually personally done it. Uh, but I know that a lot of people have had a, a lot of success doing that as far as training themselves to look at the target. I've got some other stuff that I do instead that is not going to translate well to a podcast or a YouTube yeah. video. Um, you know, and frankly, the biggest one as far as... <clears throat> difficulties that people have finding a dot on a presentation is movement of the head mm-hmm. in relation to movement of the draw and you know so this is going to be theater of the mind for the people that are not watching the video right but for the people that are on youtube so if this is my fixed point in space where my eye target line is right right where my finger is and i'm presenting the gun up from where I would present the gun up to, and I keep this fixed, this, the sighting system, if my eye target line stays fixed, my sighting system coming to a fixed point in space is way better than my eye target line dropping down while my sighting system rises up, and I'm trying to make them connect at a non-fixed point in space. Essentially, you know, you've got movement along two planes and you're trying to make them intersect. Yeah, it's the difference between landing a plane on an aircraft carrier or a fixed runway on the land. Which one's easier? Just because you can do air, you know, carrier landings. And I actually had a Navy pilot in one of my classes. And I made this, um, I made this analogy. It's like, yeah, yep. Yeah. And to like, that, that point, I want you know, getting off of the square range mentality is that whole problem is going to be exacerbated when you're moving at an at an angle to a target and you're ducking as you're presenting everything. All of that stuff is going to come into play. It can. Um, yeah. There are ways around that. Well, see, here's one of the thing. Um, and I'm here. I'm going to mute myself for a second to move this microphone because yeah. this will be good for video. Hold on. Huh. For those of you that take the podcast on Spotify, you can actually watch the video on Spotify as well. Oh, okay. Um, So look, so one of the things people say all the time is don't move your head when you draw the gun. Well, that's cool. How do I do that? Um, I actually have an exercise for that in class, right? And this one I'll give away for free. So if, if you think this is neat and you get value out of this, come pay me money in class. Um, or don't, I don't, I mean, I'd like to see a class just cause I like, I like teaching people stuff, but whatever. Right. So the way the fix for this, the real easy fix for this is if you have a training partner or you're an instructor and you want the student to stop dropping their head, what do you do? You put your hand on the back of their head and you'd say, Hey, put some pressure into the back of my hand. Hey, do you feel that tension in your neck? Yeah, I do. Cool. All right, let's do some presentations right here. You maintain that pressure. What do people do? Their head stays up just like this. Do a couple reps of that. Okay, cool. Now, 
You felt that tension before, right? Yeah, cool. Make that tension happen. Okay. Give a couple presentations, just concentrating on that tension in your neck. All right, cool. Oh, look, your head's not dropping. Now, it's going to be weird at first. And it might even be uncomfortable at first because we exaggerate things as we're learning them, right? But like, that's an easy way to give someone physical feedback on how to stop doing the thing rather than just don't do the thing. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's, and there's a, there's a bunch of stuff like that as far as, you know, there are a lot of things that we teach that, hey, don't do that. Well, unless we give someone a strategy for not doing it, it doesn't help. Another way of, of thinking of the, uh, the, you know, hey, don't move your head on the draw. How does a jock take a selfie? You know, they, they, they put their head back. They try and make their, their uh, traps and their neck look bigger. Again, this is going to play way better on video than it's going to play on podcast. Lee kind of smiled, though, when I did it, right? Well, what, uh, I'm laughing, what I'm smiling at is the, hey, don't do this. I just flashed back to in the academy and them saying, don't jerk the trigger. Okay, but, well, how, how do I not, not do let's that? Let's not get there. Let's, yeah, not, let's, not, let's not get on the trigger jerk, Lee. Yeah, but, it's like, but it, I asked the instructor, how do I do that? How do I not do that? And he's like, well, you don't jerk the trigger. Like, well, thank God you're here. You know, and if someone says, don't do this, okay, well, how do I not do it? Well, you don't do it. Well, it's like, okay. how do I not beat my wife? Well, you yeah. just don't. Yeah. You know, and now that's, that's a really politically incorrect joke, yeah. right? But, um, and there just reminds me of, nope, this is a tangent. We don't need to go down. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, there's all sorts of this stuff that, A lot of the issues that you have encountered as far as like, hey, these are issues with pistol mounted optics. Like, yeah, they are. And there are workarounds for almost all of them. But, you know, the people that say optics are awesome and there's no problems with them, they're not going to know those workarounds. Because they're never going to know the question. Well, or they're going to ignore it. Um, And then you know, the flip side of that is, well, there are, there are all these issues with, with optics. Well, yeah, there's issues with setting an explosion off 24 inches in front of your face too, but we've figured that one out. Um, and that's, that's kind of, it's kind of how I feel about all of this. Right. But at the end of the day, does anybody need an optic on their pistol? No, no. Hell, you don't need a pistol until you do. And I don't, I don't, God, there are so many things to be upset about in the world today. Why would you be upset about a video that Ken Hackathorn made? Like, be upset about something that actually matters. Yes, be upset about this video. <laughs> be up, here, here's something. Don't. <laughs> well, be upset about the energy that you spent being upset about a video on the internet. That took yeah. away from the interactions you should have been having with the people in your life that matter. Yeah. You're, dude, think about that. And then think about if you're the type of person that gets really upset about videos on the internet, how much of your life are you wasting doing that? What is that taking away from the people in your life that you matter to? Probably a whole hell of a lot. I'm going to Kermit the Frog sip my tea now. <laughs> 
But when you but get that's done none with, of my business. When you get done sipping that tea, tell everybody where they can find you, what you got coming up. Um, if you go to citizensdefenseresearch.com, we actually have a website now. We are working on our 2023 schedule. The last class of the year uh, is going to be December, I want to say 8th and 9th. Uh, Caleb Giddings is teaching his fundamental revolver skills class in Dallas, Texas. Um, Wayne Dobbs is is hosting him out there, and there are only two spots left to that. Um, and then as of right now, uh, we are going to be, we've got a bunch of stuff that's coming up. There's some stuff in Ohio that's on the schedule in April next year. There's stuff in Maine in June of next year. And there's actually going to be, um, some stuff added to the schedule. It's, it's, it's been finalized. I just haven't put it up yet in, uh, Oklahoma at everyone's favorite range in Oklahoma in june of next year uh you're, but, you're aware that it's hot in oklahoma in june right i dude i'm fat it's hot wherever <laughs> i go whenever i go there so um you know but aside from that if you want to listen to ballistic radio you can do that um ballisticradio.com we're on all the podcasting services um i think uh <laughs> i don't handle that part of it Right, but we're on uh, season ten now, which is terrifying to me. Um, this is now my longest job ever by far, um, and you know I haven't fired or got been fired or gotten or uh, quit yet. But you know I work for me, so that's probably why, right? Um, but uh, aside from that, you know I'll be all the usual places. I'll be at on this year. So if you want to come and tell me I'm dumb, I uh, I agree with you probably. You know, and if you um, you know, if you want to argue with me on the internet, you're probably going to be disappointed because I'm just going to say it depends. Or you know, if if I really really disagree with what you say and be like, well, all right, be well. That's that's my that's how you know I'm frustrated if I tell someone to be well that's uh that's that's my version of bless your heart you know so but yeah so i appreciate you having me on lee sure Uh, you have all these like really really cool people on and then you invited me on i'm like what (laughs) why me uh well you've had me on your show so i'll have to turn turn around and no you don't that's that's uh, no you should not lower yourself you can delete this episode now sir that was the only reason why uh and i did have a listener request to have the guys from citizen defense research on an episode really yes i did i don't remember who it was that made it i could go back and look and probably find it but i did have a a listener request that's kind of cool they probably meant chris seipert or melody or like (laughs) one of the other people that see you didn't have to point that part out well it's like you know, can I have citizens defense research? We've got citizens defense research at home. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah. Got the, it's like you got you had Ringo on the show. Yeah. You could have had you could have one of the others. Yeah. You could have had uh, K.A. Clark talking on about his uh you know anything at all. He's been on the show. Has he? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Obviously, you haven't been listening to the episodes. I don't listen to anything anymore, Lee. I've got <laughs> I've got two kids and three jobs. Yeah. Ask, ask me how much how, how much wrangling did we have to do to to figure out when we were going to record yeah. this? Yeah. 
um yeah recording this stuff you know funny thing is you got to sit down and do it or it just doesn't happen so back in a previous life i was a photographer i was a professional photographer and uh i got to spend a day with one of my very favorite authors at the time and even now a guy named patrick rothfuss and you know i was fanboying pretty hard but i was talking to him and he's like hey you know the only difference between me and anyone else that has ever wanted to write a book and i go what's that he goes i finished my book yeah so it's funny it's funny how much life is that and my my son is 13 and likes his first girl and uh He's, oh my God, if he knew I was talking about this right now, he'd be embarrassed. I'm, I'm taking intense pleasure and he'll never know. Um, but he likes his first girl and he wants to ask this girl to go to the arcade with him so bad. And he's 13. So it's, it's super innocent right now, but he's like, dad, every time I try and ask, I just, I'm like, and he's like, what do I do? And I'm like, son, at a certain point, you're just going to have to do it. Yeah. And he's like, that doesn't help. And I'm like, but that's what it is. And he's like, you know, and he's like super frustrated with me. I'm like, that's that's what it is. That's a trick. Yeah. So anyway, hey, I really, I really do appreciate it. And and sure. anyone that like made it through all of this episode, um, the thing that I would leave you with is is one, I really do appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. That um it 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 does mean a lot to me. And two, man, we we could be way, way kinder to each other and way less looking for a reason to not get along. And we'd probably learn a lot more and be a lot happier and, you know, probably be able to advance our art a lot further without, you know, this devolving into clicks that we do. And please understand that I say that as someone that was the worst of the worst about all of those things. So I don't talk about anything that, you know, I wasn't guilty of, like I was super guilty of it. And I'm just, it's just stop. I I was wrong when I did it. And if you're doing it now, you're probably wrong too. Well, we have been going for quite some time. So it's probably... I guess we need to mercifully end this. I, I finished my glass of gin too. So yeah, for the audience and, and for, and for us and right. uh, folks, we understand that your most important asset is your time. And thank you for choosing to spend it with us. <laughs>